Hey everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of DCI. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. Now, we've done a number of these types of interviews, so we've been doing this for almost a year now, and it's, it's kind of crazy and awesome that, uh, you know, little old Dark Station has been able to talk to as many different people as we have. Uh, but even with all those interviews, I have to say this one that you're about to listen to is one of my favorites. We talked to Mario Esposito, uh, who is a genius. Uh, that's probably the only word that I can use to describe him. He and his company have developed this technology that they're calling Sensoria. And uh, right now, it's kind of being branded as a way for you to track your the way your feet are landing. Uh, it's a type of sensor, uh, but it's it's the implications that this technology could have on other things, from medical to motion tracking uh, to any number of things. And it, it was just a really enjoyable conversation that we had. So I hope you enjoy listening to it. I uh, hope you enjoyed as much as I had. Uh, doing the interview. Uh, anyway, if you want to find out more about Dark Station, you can do that at darkstation.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at darkstation underscore com. If you want to subscribe to us, we're on iTunes, we're the Darkcast. While you're there, give us a review, let us know what you think of the show, and uh, you can also send us an email at podcast at darkstation.com. If you want to find out more about Mario Esposito or his company Heap Salon, you can do that, clicking on the show notes. Uh, we have all sorts of links there where you can find out all kinds of different things, and you can also pre-order this product, uh, Sensoria. So anyway, hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Now on with the show. Thank you for being on the dark cast today, Mario. How are you doing? Not too bad. Good, good deal. Um, so I, I guess we're gonna we're gonna start things off by just uh, if you could tell us a little about about who you are and what you do at uh, Heap Salon. Is that how it's pronounced? That's correct. All right, uh, good deal. If you could just tell us a little bit about who you are and what Heap Salon is and what so, you do there. <laughs> so my name is Mario Esposito. I'm Italian. Uh, living in the U.S. and working as a, a CTO, Chief Technology Officer for uh, Ypsilon. Okay. I'm also the inventor of Sensoria. Oh, okay. All right. Good deal. Um, so I, I, I got to ask, where did the name Ypsilon come from? Uh, Davide Vigano, which is the CEO of the, of the company, we are uh, three Italians, three Italian founders, okay. uh, came up a while ago with the idea of something that was a uh, as technological uh, or very geeky, and at the same time a little bit uh, linked to our uh, Greek roots okay. as, as Italian. So HIP, <clears throat> HIP is the, the the memory allocation that you have usually in, in software, and the long part is the the hepsilon, which is a, a Greek letter. Okay. Uh, that's essentially from where the name comes from. Gotcha. Good deal. All right. Uh, so how long have have you guys actually been around? We've been uh, uh, on the block for about three years. Uh, all three of us, we are uh, former uh, Microsoft teams. Uh, Davide for about 23 years. Mm -hmm. Maurizio and I, Maurizio is the other partner, the, the software guy. Um, 
for about 14 years at Microsoft in various divisions. Mm -hmm. The last that we covered are for uh, uh, Xbox, Microsoft Xbox. Mm -hmm. uh, so is that why you guys are located in, in Washington? Um, were you originally at Microsoft there? or That's correct. We started, okay. all, all three of us, we started from Microsoft Italy. Mm -hmm. uh, and from there, about a few years, about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, we moved down here for, uh, uh, for an opportunity in the, in the campus. And after that, we left Mothership, and now we are our own geek. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, now, just uh, before we get into uh, Hipsilon some more, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, your time at Microsoft? Um, I mean, obviously, I would assume since you're, you're with the, the kind of stuff that you're working with, you have been working with the Xbox. Is that, is that true? Or like what, yes, what kind of that, stuff that, are you doing? Yes, that, that is correct. I, uh, I worked as a part of the uh, Kinect sensor team. Okay. Uh, and particularly, I worked on Xbox One. I am the, the designer of uh, the hands detection and recognition uh, for Xbox One. Okay, now when you say Xbox One, do you mean the the current, the new Xbox One or the original Xbox? No, I mean the one that's about to come out. Okay, the, good this deal. This one is yeah. Xbox 360, the, the new one is called Xbox One. Right, I know. I just, sometimes I get confused when people are talking about it and it's like, wait a minute, when you say Xbox One, do you mean the Xbox One or the, the first Xbox One? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see, I see. No, I mean the one that in the market has been known as Xbox One, the latest, the Xbox Two. <laughs> <laughs> good deal, good deal. Okay, um, so uh, how many people do you actually have at Heap Salon? There's obviously the three of you, the co-founders. But... We have the three co-founders, then we have Victoria, our uh, material engineer. She worked at the K2 Sports as a material engineer for about 22 years or something like that. A long time dealing with uh, plastics and all kinds of chemicals and solutions. Uh, then we have Paolo, which is our uh, social marketing uh, marketing guy. Uh, then we have uh, three, three other people, which are our uh, signal uh, processing people, developers. Uh, overall, we are about 11 people. Okay, okay, good deal. Um, so you guys may, may be re relatively new as a company, but it, it seems like there's an awful lot of experience behind this. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally, yes. And the reason why we managed so far to stay this small in terms of uh, units working is because each one of us is very deep on uh, some particular areas, like for myself, for sensors, technology, uh, Victoria particular for uh, chemistry stuff. Uh, David again, 23 years at Microsoft as general manager in business. Uh, Maurizio for 14 years in terms of software development. Uh, so each one of us has a very deep a senior uh, uh, expertise, and so we manage to really do end to end in each one of these areas. Okay, um, so uh, you're you know just talking about being at Microsoft, and we spoke about that just a moment ago too. Um, what were some of the the different things that you worked on while there and have kind of been able to apply from, you know, from your knowledge at Microsoft to what you've been working on with uh, Sensoria? Oh, I see. Good question. So uh, I, I really cherish the time that I spent at Microsoft because uh, although it's a huge corporation and it moves kind of slow compared to many startups, uh, there is really an opportunity every day to work for a lot of brain, uh, bright minds. And mm -hmm. so... In my last uh, few projects, the one that where I really learned a ton and uh, which I applied then later on to what I'm doing here at Sensoria, uh, I, w I worked on the Bing for iPad, which uh, three years ago won the CES Award 2012. Okay. Uh, and 
in that particular role, I was uh, the, the lead for tablets for a Bing search. Uh, and I had, and there was the first application for Microsoft uh, uh, of that mag magnitude of being a, a tablet application on the iPad. Uh, it was the first time, so I had to start everything from scratch. You know, I'm a Microsoft guy from uh, from long st long standing time, and uh, I had to learn about Objective C, how the Macintosh ecosystem works, all that kind of stuff. I wanted to exceed, and in order to do that, I had really to plug myself in in an ecosystem that which was completely new to me. Uh, later on, it came, uh, when it came to the development of Sensoria, I had to start uh, developing things that could be easier on a Mac platform rather than a Windows platform. And so that learning came, uh, came along pretty well for me, and I started doing a lot of code on the, on the Mac. Uh, a few years later, I started working at um, um, Kinect for the, for the sensor specifically. And I learned a ton about signal processing, uh, uh, image manipulation, a bunch of things that we hear we do at Sensoria in, in different aspects. Uh, so all, all these two combined at some point, they really served me really, really well. Uh, and, and before uh, Kinet and, uh, uh, and uh, Bing Search, I worked at Microsoft Research. Mm -hmm. Where I really was exposed to a lot of uh, a lot of bright minds, and you know, when, when you are in the same room with these kind of people, you really pick up a lot of things that normally you don't find anywhere else. And when when you need, then they all come along and you start building amazing things. And that's pretty much what's happened with uh, with me. The other two, they have a similar uh, similar experiences. Awesome. Um, now, one thing that was actually just announced, uh, well, today as of this recording, and earlier in the week as of when this airs. Um, but the Microsoft just announced that the Connect is not going to be required for the Xbox One. Um, having been somebody that's you know put a lot of time and effort into that device, uh, you know this is obviously not an official statement on the Xbox One or Connect or anything like that. But what do you think that that's the the right move, or do you think the the Connect is something that should be kind of integrated and part of everyone's experience? Well, I guess that if I was a Microsoft employee, I should have answered the no comment. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an ex-Microsoft employee and I still have a lot of friends at Microsoft, which eventually will love me for my business, I should answer no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the PR game, smart. That's right. <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> All right. Well, I you know I guess I can't ask any more than that. <laughs> I, could have used, I could have used any other BS explanation, but I won't tell you the truth. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. You know, even no answer is it's better than like a bullshit answer. So that's that's <laughs> absolutely appreciated. fair point. Fair point. We heard you'd worked on Connect. The first thing I thought of was, hey, there was Connect news today. You know, let, let's ask him if he has any any kind of insight at all. I mean, oh no, it's totally fair, and uh, I've been involved so deeply in uh, in in the things that I have done. Again, I did the, the, everything that you see in Xbox One about hands detection, mm -hmm. uh, all the gestures that you go from left to right. I've been deeply, deeply uh, involved, so I know really a ton of those things uh, since the beginning. I was I was there since the very beginning, and and I left when most of the work was uh, was already completed. Okay. Uh, but again, there are there are so many games in the behind, and Microsoft is very aggressive on people they talk too much on the subject. That I don't want to be on their uh, target shoot. Sure, sure, perfectly understandable. It's just, um, as as Brian said, you know, it's one something that 
uh, thought to ask. So yeah, yeah, it was worth a shot. Yeah. Um, now, as is with uh, Skype, it looks like Brian just got connected and some, or disconnected, and sometimes that happens. Uh, so when he comes back, he will come back. Uh, but uh, on to the next question: If you could tell us a little bit about some of the other devices that you guys may have worked on before uh, launching the Sensoria project, as um, as Heapsalon, not you know previous company work, but oh, Sensoria Fitness is definitely our. Uh our first product. We have made uh, many other uh, uh, prototypes, uh, really a large number in two digits in terms of other uh, prototypes, but in terms of uh, uh, going public, the Sensoria Fitness is definitely our uh, our first product. What we are doing is, uh, um, is, is pretty big. So it normally takes a $7 million of investment and uh, uh, people in uh, and like on average 25 people 30 people so uh, we have invested the first uh, uh, two years of a company completely in doing research and development and that means material engineering uh, that means figuring out the form factor where the electronics could sit in uh, that means figuring out the key algorithms that power sensoria all that all that kind of stuff and for the first two years we were completely self-funded uh, we put our money together and, and we start rolling the rolling the company in the last um, nine months, we uh, opened officially the shop. We are uh, down here in uh, Redmond Town Center. Uh, and we start hiring people. So we, we are scaling a little more. Uh, but again, the, the magnitude of what we are building is, is so big that we don't want to uh, try multiple things. Mm -hmm. and, and therefore, we are completely focused on building what is normally called the platform, which if you look at this in terms of a Kinect, uh, Keynet is just the exposure of, of something bigger than in the, in the behind. There is the console, there is the operating system, there is the ecosystem for uh, developing game. There, is, there are many, many things that is usually called the platform. Uh, with Sensoria, just Sensoria per se, that's exactly what we are doing. We're building a platform where people can actually build amazing things from uh, uh, fitness, from gaming, from many, many other things. Sensoria Fitness is our first uh, official public pro product. And we have gone through the crowdfunding campaign, not just for the money, uh, which uh, they will be definitely helping us to move faster, but also to, to test the polls, uh, to check the polls of these people out there and validating our thinking and our own research. Do people care for this kind of product? Are people going to use it? And most important, are people going to pay for, uh, for this kind of product? And ultimately, how much they will be willing to pay? And we found that uh, we, we have been fully founded on Indiegogo. We're still going for probably four or five days. Uh, so far, we reached about $100,000. Uh, so there that, definitely seems to be at least some that, you know, if you've reached that goal, there's there's some uh, there, there's definitely interest in what's going on and what you guys have been pushing for for the last two years. That, that's correct. That's correct. As a matter of fact, uh, that kind of a, a target to us says uh, people really care. They want it. And the beauty is that the, the comments that we get, even though people are not purchasing, people that maybe they, they cannot run, people they don't envision this as a as a running companion, but for something else, they really mail us on a daily basis. And many, many of the questions that we get are really encouraging because they are, they are telling for sure, we love this thing, we just would like this kind of change, or we would love, we would love this additional thing. Uh, and everything is toward uh, going forward uh, in, in our own direction. 
Uh, as a couple of examples, uh, there was a, a girl from Australia a few weeks ago. She sent a question asking permission if she could use Sensoria as a school project. Uh, this okay. is in Australia. Oh, wow. in Australia. And uh, about a month ago, I received an email with uh, the info at Ipsom.com where people post their questions, uh, stuff that cannot be answered on, on the website. Uh, and we got we got a question from a guy in Mumbai, in India, which he read about Sensoria in the news locally, and he wanted to know how he could get one. Um, there are many, many other examples of, um, uh, of people all, all over the world asking questions uh, about when it would come out for different scenarios. For example, uh, we received an overwhelming number of requests about golf, which is something that we can totally do. We are just not doing yet. Uh, a lot of questions about tennis, squash, uh, basically all scenarios that we already know that we'll be targeting. Uh, we are, again, we are small, so we are starting with the fitness in terms of running particularly. Uh, but the immediate next step for us, given our pedigree in Xbox gaming, uh, is sensorial gaming. Uh, mm -hmm. Where, the, where the, the sock behaves as an accessory to your gaming experience. Now, how would... Uh... I, I might have missed this. I might not because I, I, I lost the call partway through. Um, when you guys started like the research process into this, um, how how did you guys start with a like like an idea like with the sock or was that something that came out of the process of just starting with a greater idea? Oh, I see. Uh, well, this goes back to a, a while ago. I am uh, um, I am an inventor by by pedigree. I have done that for for many years and about. Uh, Three years ago, when I was about to turn 40, uh, I told my wife that I was looking for uh, the invention of my, of my career, something that I could uh, I could label my last and best. Uh, because you know, as you got older, you you may have get a better ideas, but you don't have the same execution when you are younger. You can eat less pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I I sat in a in a coffee shop uh, with my wife and every day I was in the same spot using using my usual workflow in search of this big 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 idea and for 20 days in a row I couldn't find anything that in my mind was worth or something amazing um, and at the last moment last day I remember all this all this process of finding something my wife tells me look I'm going to get a cappuccino uh, that will get your mind straight. And the reason why she said so is because the first time Italian, but she's American. Uh, and the second reason is because I normally do not drink coffee because uh, I'm normally very excited. If I, I drink coffee, I probably start spinning around. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, okay. <laughs> so she got me, she got me a coffee, and uh, in the way, in her way back, she dropped the cappuccino over my socks. And in the moment, I see the fabric of the socks absorbing uh, all that coffee, the black stuff. Uh, I started connecting all the dots of these 20 days that I was spinning around a thousand of ideas. And that's when I had the flesh. In the, the jargon of inventors is called flesh or genius. I'm not, not the genius, but that's how it's called. Gotcha. And, <laughs> now, uh, how, how long in that, in those seconds from when she dropped the cappuccino on your foot till the skin started burning from the hot coffee? How quick was that flash? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an excellent question. And, but I guess I never got asked that, 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 that asked before, but uh, it is a very, very critical because that moment is the real uh, ingenuity of, of the idea. Uh, so to me, that lasted uh, a, a few seconds. Uh, but according to my wife that she was there, uh, I've been staring at my sock for a very long time uh, to the point... <laughs> 
to the point that she was worried if I was still alive or not. And she was apologizing <laughs> all the time, sorry, sorry, sorry. And I said, you have no idea what you have just done. But I was referring to a good idea, and she thought I was uh, upset. <laughs> Here comes the divorce. Oh, my God. All I did was drop it on his foot. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so in that particular moment, I realized that I do not need an idea. I do not have to search for an idea. I need, I need a building block because everything that is a game changer, you never know exactly what it's going to be. You have an idea eventually of what it's going to be, but you don't know what, what it's going to be. Everything big as like Facebook, uh, Twitter, everything that has been uh, a remarkable uh, life shift for, for most people, at least in the lifestyle, started of something that was a concept. It was not an actual idea. And so when I realized that, I started connecting all the dots about uh, uh, what in the wearable industry, which is, was my area of interest at that time, what what in the wearable industry today is missing. And I, I started literally plotting. That the best way that I have to describe it, it was like a film strip. I was just putting pieces together of what I had already seen in my head in the days before. So I started plotting in my head that uh, uh, everyone is doing something wearable because now it's the new trend. And you have a ton of accelerometers out there on the, on the wrist, uh, on the head, uh, the helmet. On everything. Uh, everything. Absolutely. And then I was processing, okay, this has been done. I don't want to do something that's been done. This has been done, 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 done. As I go down toward the feet, I start realizing, huh, there is nothing on the feet. You have uh, wristbands, you have a necklace, uh, all sorts of automated stuff, but there is nothing for the human foot. Uh, and, and that's when I, I focused in particular on, on the feet and I start doing a little bit of research. A little bit, probably, is a little short. I spent like three months in doing research. I was just figuring out, I do not want to invest the rest of my uh, good years in, on something that eventually the, the smartest kids on the block, from, the, from fresh from the school, will tell me, yeah, good idea, but do you know that this guy already did this? Oh, uh, absolutely. That would be that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, that would be pretty ridiculous. So I, I spent a good, I'm very analytical in the way I put stuff together, despite all my extreme creativity. I start collecting a lot of data in terms of research, and I did not just rely on, on Google or Bing, but I, I really start calling the people and asking questions. Have you seen? Have you ever seen something like this? Um, I, I need this kind of stuff. Do you think that it exists? And at the end of these three months, there was a long list of things that I need to do in order to bring this thing alive. And for most of it, for over the 50% of it, the components that I needed to build it, they didn't exist. Uh, and so that's when the quest in building a sensor started. I realized that uh, nobody wants to use something that, uh, as good as could be, they are forcing them to change their workflow. Uh, for example, if you if you give me something that makes me rich, and in order to make to be rich, I have to wear a crown that is uh, 200 pounds, I might do it because I know that the outcome is unbelievably big. Uh, but if you tell me wear a, a crown of uh, 200 pounds and the benefit is that tomorrow you feel better, I might not do it. I probably die earlier, but I don't want to. I don't want to do that. And, and so in my mind, there was I need to find a way where this invention can be delivered and without asking people to change their uh, user workflow. And so I, I looked at I looked around and I found that all the sensor technology that was out there was all based on MEM sensor uh, silica based based kind of sensors, which is a uh, not very practical. And that's why whoever tried in the past they tried to embed this kind of technology into the shoes directly because they are bulky under the feet and you would not you don't want to run with that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly, because mm -hmm. that's gonna throw you know especially when you get into like like heavy athletics and that kind of thing that's gonna throw you off your game and. And then that yes. goes 
counter to what you're actually trying to do. That that's correct. That's correct. And uh, on the other end, people that usually they don't want to change the workflow. They don't want to remember to have an additional device with them in, in exchange of some benefit. Unless, as I mentioned earlier, with my uh, analogy of the crown, unless the benefit is humongously big. Uh, and so I, I had to solve a bunch of issues. How do we plug in into the existing uh, user workflow? How do we uh, become so transparent to what they do to the point that they don't even realize that, that somebody forget that sensory is there? Mm -hmm. uh, so it becomes so uh, integrated with the human behavior that at that point, whatever you do is uh, literally tracked in the way you do it without changing it. And that's when uh, uh, I started researching for something that would be textile based. And when I started, there was a, well, there's still, there's, there's still not the only one on the market right now is Sensoria. Uh, there, was, there was nothing textile based. And we start, uh, my wife and I, she's a, a material engineer, uh, we started looking for uh, for an alternative uh, uh, sensor that would be textile based. And I have a lot of funny stories on, on the subject. We were uh, testing uh, a, our own chemical solution where we pretty much take any cloth and we emerge this cloth in our uh, chemical bath, which makes that sensitive. So it becomes a sensor. Uh, okay. And, and wow. when we start with that, we uh, wanted to use only organic material because we didn't want to generate something that worked, but at the same time gives you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, again, counterintuitive to what you're trying to do, okay. <laughs> that, that's right, so we're trying to be as logical as possible. Uh, and uh, so the, the first seven attempts, that we did uh, something around 96 attempts yeah, over over two years. Uh, seems small, but they are a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. and the, the first seven, we ended up to repaint the ceiling of the kitchen several times because the fumes, even of organic stuff, they were going up into the ceiling and changing the, the color of the ceiling from gray to purple to many, many other colors. Wow. Uh, so after that, we decided that uh, we're getting so deep in this thing that we, we should start investing a little bit of money for a dedicated facility. And so in the in the backyard, I have my uh, I have a very big backyard and there I have all my laboratory where I do all the invention stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I pretty much built a room dedicated entirely to the uh, to this chemical bus. And sooner we start getting the right equipment, we start getting the, the right material. Instead of mixing uh, vegetable oil and a bunch of other things, we start getting the material that we needed. And around the first year, we had the first uh, working sensor. And then it took us another uh, six months to make it uh, completely washable. As a matter of fact, our sensors, are, you, can, you can wear the sock running come back, hopefully you will remember to wash your socks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some people ask that question. Uh, and then you take the socks, you throw them in, in the washer. If you want, you throw them in the dryer as well. You put them on, you attach the anchor, and they're still working. Oh, wow, cool. And and so to get to that point, it, it took another six months to find stability, to find to make sure that everything was uh, uh, was, was done correctly. After that, uh, we try to improve the, the material to the point where we could add so antibacterial uh, uh, again protection against the, the squatness, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so there has been a lot, a lot of research into that, and that took our the first two years in investing heavily in figuring out how we are going to build this guy. Now I've got a question. Now 
I, I, when I think of sensors inside of fabric, um, I, you know, I, I, I think of the feeling is different. What, what you're, if, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, is that the, the fabric actually is the sensor. That, that is correct. That is correct. Okay. So there's, there's like, I could, between two socks, there's no physical feeling difference, but it's there. You, you are totally correct. Okay. Uh, wow. Basically, you, you can take the, the actual sock, which looks like just as any other regular sock, uh, and you can uh, uh, you can reverse it, and you can you can uh, brush your face, and you will not feel anything different from the other sock, which we call normally dumb socks, because ours are smarter, and the other are dumps. <laughs> <Nice>. Okay. <laughs> and and so you could uh, literally uh, brush your face, which normally is uh, is a softer part of our body, and you you would not feel any difference. The major difference is that uh, into the fabric per se, we have. Uh, we have treated the, the, the material, uh, the, the, the actual threads with our secret sauce, which make the, the, <laughs> the threads of the, of the sock conductive. And therefore, we are able to conduce signal and detect the pressure from your feet. That is nuts. Wow. <laughs> okay, now, you said, now, now, if I heard you correctly, you said there was like an anklet involved. Is that what kind of does all the processing? Yes, yes. Okay. So the, the, the entire solution, which is called the Sensoria Fitness, is based on three major components. Uh, one is the sock, which again is a smart sock, and there is not one piece of electronics within the, the, the fabric of the sock. On the top of the, of the sock, on the, there is, on the cuff, there are five snaps. They are magnetic snaps. Uh, and attached to these snaps, you can attach a bracelet. Uh, it's half a bracelet, like a... Yeah, like a bracelet you would put on, like a, a Nike few band split in half, if you will. Okay, okay. Uh, and you, on the other side of the anklet, there are magnetic snaps as well. So as soon as you approach the, the cuff, it will snap on. Uh, it will, it's adjustable, so it's one size fits all. So for uh, children or for, uh, for adults, you can stretch it and, uh, and adjust it. The electronics do not break. Uh, and as soon as it snaps on, it powers on automatically. And as you start working, the pressure generated on the sensors is communicated through the threads, the actual uh, cotton threads. They, they go all up to the anklet where the data is collected and processed eventually. And if you have a smartphone paired through the, to the anklet with a Bluetooth, uh, iPhone, Android, Windows phone, you name it, uh, even a computer or laptop, it doesn't matter as long as it's Bluetooth low energy. Uh, it, it connects to, and you can see your uh, pressure map. So you can see the how you are actually walking, what part of your body you are exercising the most. So within uh, seconds of snapping that thing on your uh, on snapping the ankle on and getting it hooked up to the magnetic, so it turns on, you're getting instant feedback from your that, steps and what you're doing with the treads. That's correct. We call that the real time analysis. Wow. Uh, and. In, because uh, because we know that in general uh, thing, things like this that, that when I, I mentioned earlier I was looking for the invention of my life I was I was serious <laughs> I consider this the invention of my life because uh, having a piece of cloth behaving like uh, a piece of electronics uh, it's not common sure uh, and and so when I realized that the powerful platform that we we could build. I also realized that uh, in order to make sure that people really enjoy these things and that they be become so vital in their workflow that they even forget about it, you don't want to force people to charge this thing every now and then. 
every every day or i mean uh, like for example i enjoy fitbit i've been using fitbit for quite some time uh, there are two problems with that particular device one is that it's not as accurate although it's the, as today on the market available is the most accurate st uh, step counter uh, it's not accurate because when i go on my motorbike and i break to uh, the traffic light uh, because uh, of the shocks, he actually count five, six steps, even if I'm not actually moving. Wow. Uh, okay. And, and the other one is that if I if I leave home and I because it's so tiny and it's not really part of the workflow, you have to remember to move from one pants to the other or whatever you hold it. So you end up to leave at home, and so it's like you go out and all the steps that have been taken it doesn't count. It's like it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so I try to address that problem in two different ways. One is that because the socks that you put on they have these snaps on the cuff, they kind of serve you as a reminder, oh, I should attach the anklet. And once you have uh, attached it, uh, it pretty much stays there and you kind of forget. The next challenge was uh, how I'm going to make sure that people have to recharge this thing as a as uh, um, as later as possible instead of as often as possible so i managed to with the team i managed to find a, a few tricks uh, from the technology point of view where we reach the stage of that you should be charging uh, every 18 days wow okay and and that that is remarkable we have several patents developed around that particular trick there is something that we call smart switch uh, where essentially on the anklet there is no switch whatsoever uh, when you attach the, the anklet to the to the to the sock, as soon as you take the first step, it automatically powers on. Okay. And, and if you fall asleep all of a sudden, after a while, it, it stays. Uh, it, it completely shuts down. It, it does not go in standby. It completely shuts down. Hmm. Uh, that is one of the many things that we have been doing to uh, to achieve a, a greater battery life. And so far, for the uh, for the Arduino that we have, we have we have been testing so far, we are getting uh, awesome results. It usually, usually lasts more than 18 days. Depends how much activity you do, uh, but so far we are getting amazing results. Mm -hmm. so, so this sounds awesome and amazing and and revolutionary, especially in the way of of athletics and sports and and monitoring. You know, just just fitness in itself. Um, what made you decide that you were going to go yeah, that you were going to try to go gaming with it oh that's a, that's a good question I, I guess uh, uh, despite the fact that I've been dealing with uh, Xbox in the past I am not actually a gamer uh, or I'm not a gamer in the most traditional way uh, because I still enjoy game like 1942 or Mario Bros despite of the same name uh, <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather used to make that joke too. They, the, when Nintendo came out with their whole Mario campaign and they'd call it out over the TV, he'd look at me and he'd go, "What? Why are they calling me?" <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part that the funny part is that my brother is a is a native name is Pasquale, but in family we've been calling Luigi for a long time for several <laughs> reasons. So uh, that that to me resonated really really well. As a matter of fact, I probably have more uh, knickknacks of Mario Bros than anybody else on the on the planet probably. <laughs> uh, and and so the 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 idea of the um, uh, of the gaming came along because uh, I particularly enjoy uh, games where you are really full immersion. And those games over the 80s, uh, they really had that, that thing that they were catching you because they were uh, in, well integrated with what you already knew at that time. 
today they don't make sense anymore because you want a uh, super reality you want to be super integrated into the into the game and that kind of stuff uh, and to me the best way to integrate in that world is not to give me a 3d representation of the world on a screen that is 2d anyway Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to feel as a part of, of the game physically. So I got the inspiration when I saw the, the Nintendo Wii coming out a few years ago, uh, where people were standing up uh, from the couch, which normally hardcore gamers they don't do, uh, and they were swinging this remote and sticking them into the Wii while they were uh, <laughs> missing the target. Uh, so uh, from there I started realizing, oh, probably we could make Sensoria as an extension uh, an accessory for gaming, where you could start uh, raising cars on the game uh, using the food as an accelerator on the gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have two socks, one foot could be the brake, the other one could be the gas pedal. Or, for example, Dance Dance Revolution, to give to mention to mention one. You know, you take a lot of steps. The camera has the ability to do, to understand what is uh, the position of your skeleton. That's how. In the Xbox lingo, it's called the the body, mm-hmm. uh, but it does not have the understanding of how much pressure you're putting on the ground and in which position you're actually putting the foot. Mm-hmm. So when I start connecting the dots, I realized that uh, the, the Kinet sensor is an excellent piece of engineering in telling you where is your body into the space. But there is no way from it from an optical point of view to figuring out how much pressure you're applying on, on, on the ground and uh, uh, what level of granularity you have. So, so the where for the connect is easy, but the what is the hard part. That's right. Okay. And, and so the, uh, with, with Sensoria, I, I can envision scenarios where uh, the integration between the, the Kinect, just to mention a few, it would work for any other console, but with Kinect I see a particular, a particular connection because the camera is really outstanding, there's a lot of things. The software behind really is one of the best on the market. And I see an opportunity where uh, the SOC and many other garments, the vision of the company is that the garment is the computer. We start from the SOC, but the technology at this point is really a building block, as I was mentioning earlier, where nothing prevents us to go in other kind of garments. There is a, uh, there is a, a garment that we have here, we call it the Iron Man, uh, as, as code name, because the electronics, they go on the chest. Mm-hmm. Instead of on the on the cuff of the of the sock, uh, and we can measure a heart monitor uh, directly from the, from the fabric. You have no electronics whatsoever uh, into the fabric, just as for the sock, uh, and we can we can we can do EKG basically, heart monitor. Wow. Uh, and so the way we see this is that at, at this point the garments they will become your remote controller. They will become. Uh, the integration with the machine. And when it comes to gaming, there are a few things that, no matter if uh, we are talking about games of the 80s or games of, of 2014, uh, there are two elements. Heartbeat, you know, accelerated, accelerated based on, on enthusiasm, excitement, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then there is movements. And these two normally are all, always done by different accessories in different ways. No one actually really integrated everything. To give you a better analogy, um, before uh, Steve Jobs came along with the iPod, or Apple, I should say, not just Steve Jobs, before uh, before they, they came along with that, there were thousands of different uh, uh, MP3 players out there. Mm-hmm. Every, each one of these, they were excelling one particular thing. What Apple majestically did well was that they combined those three, four things that everybody really does 
uh, in one thing, and the experience was seamless. So regardless that it was very constrained, if you want to be very picky, uh, they really uh, did a very well job in putting those things together. We believe that with uh, smart garments, starting with a smart sock, uh, we can integrate with the gaming world to the point where you will be feeling as a part as a, of the uh, of the gaming experience. Uh, that's that's a revolution. For example, you know, if you if you say don't wear any control, you know, today they have that that mat that you put on the ground uh-huh. uh, and you push the the block based on where you want to go. Just picture now that all of a sudden the problem of what I'm going to store this thing after I'm done is gone. Picture that now you don't have to look on the ground anymore. You can be able like you are really dancing for real because whatever step you will be taking will be monitored accurately by the by the device. And and for uh, for the core gamers, it becomes a, a much more compelling challenge because at this point you can really say I'm doing my step better than you are uh, because this thing is much more accurate than a button yes or no. Yeah. And, and so the, the the level of integration that you can reach is particularly high. Not to mention that with sensorial gaming we are taking a the gaming integration experience to the next level, not just with video games, but also with the uh, real games. We have a, a little prototype that I built a couple of weeks ago uh, here in the, in the lab that we usually play after uh, after lunch. And basically, I hooked up a Bluetooth module on the, onto regular cars. No, the actually not regular cars, the, the, the toy cars, the remote controller cars. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I hooked up the, the, the Bluetooth modules on these cars because during, uh, after, the, after lunch, we sit on the chairs and we have, a, we have an iPhone that we use as a steering wheel uh, and then the, the sock function as a gas pedal. And so we race cars into the office in the hallway. We have a kind of a long hallway here. Uh, and we put uh, these cars next to each other and then we race. And because the signal and the way you press on the ground is different by human to human, based on the size, based on the intention, there are a bunch of different things that you can do. We actually control the speed, the throttle of the, of the car using, uh, using the socks. It's a whole new meaning to uh, slamming on the brakes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's right. That's totally right. <laughs> we are people, they stand on their feet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the idea essentially is that now you can extend the gaming experience beyond uh, beyond what is the, uh, the just the, the regular gaming. You, you go in the real world. I don't know if you ever heard about the Sphero, spelled S-P-H-E-R-O. Uh, it's a little uh, robotic ball. It's completely rounded, and you can control the ball with a Bluetooth connection. So if you have a phone or a custom application for your computer, you can pretty much direct this ball and, and move it from some place to the other. Uh, I hook it up to the same uh, to the same ball, and I have a video that I will, I'll, I'll be uh, asking someone to send to you, uh, where as I walk, the the ball follows me, and if I heel strike which is very typical for runners, the ball turns red. And if I lift my foot from the ground, it gets green and so forth. So the, the level of integration that you could reach at this point is particularly high. And we have an SDK, a software development kit, where developers can have all sorts of fun. Uh, last weekend, uh, I only checked it out this morning, but I heard that this actually happened last weekend. Someone in Florida, Andrew something, he posted on a hacker day and a hack of using sensorio of an helicopter, where uh, it was pushing the foot on the ground and the helicopter was going up and down. Wow. Uh, <laughs> he, 
he posted video and it was uh, it, it was amazing. I mean, I the first uh, few minutes of the video, he, he describes how he did it and then he shows how that works. And then it turns out at the end there are all the times that he crashed the helicopter in figuring out the algorithm to make it work. <laughs> Uh, but no, people are uh, the product is not even yet on the market. It will be on the market in March 2014, uh, and only a few, a few selected people actually have the, the early stage prototype, and they are already making this kind of stuff. Uh, my brother is uh, not a, a, a high tech guy, uh, just just my opposite. He, lo he loves Italian pizza too much to work with computers. <laughs> uh, and and he, he partnered with uh, with another guy. He's, he's still in, in Italy. He partnered with another guy, which he knew how to put the couple of resistors together. And they hacked the Roomba. You know the the little vacuum in the house, the rounded one. That <clears throat> it's called Roomba. Are uh -huh. yeah, it does all the vacuuming for you, and it, it hits the yeah, walls yeah, and it'll turn so around. And... Yeah, my mom complained. He's still in the house with my with my mom as most young Italians. Uh, and my mom always complained, why I have always to come after you and clean up and clean up when, every time you have some kind of a snack. So they hacked this Roomba and obviously he has a sensory sock at home, I sent him a special edition. Uh, and they hacked this Roomba and every time he walks, the Roomba follows him. Uh, and so the end result is that basically you have this, this device following your steps. So, uh, the, so the, the, the Roomba stalks you then, okay. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> so the, the, the bottom line is that uh, it's quite amazing uh, uh, how much we do use our feet and we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to find an analogy to explain uh, uh, this, my, my last comment, and I came up with, with this. I don't know if we resonated with you, but I, I will try. Every time I, I have a paper cut, which I apparently I'm very, uh, I'm a klutz and I'm very accident prone, I keep cutting myself with paper. Uh, and so I, all of a sudden I realized that the tiny, tiny cut on a, on a part of my finger that I never actually really realized how much usable was that. Uh, as soon as I, I start grabbing something, I realized, oh shoot, this tiny, tiny cut on this part of the finger, look how, how much it hurts. Before the cut, though, I did not realize how much I'll be using that region on my on my hand. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing I discovered with uh, with my feet. Uh, I started realizing that this invention can really be useful in many many contexts, and we start with running, uh, where we detect uh, uh, striking. We give you the cadence, we give you the strength, the uh, length, uh, the length of the stride, uh, and a lot of things that are good for for runners. But we are really a tad away from uh, enabling a scenario like golfing. So if you are, if you golf and you're shifting weight, we can tell you real time through the iPhone application uh, or the smartphone application, not just the iPhone. Uh, we can tell you real time if your swing is correct or is wrong. And if you are if you are as you are swinging, we can tell you move your butt one on the left, one on the right to adjust adjust the weight. Uh, in the same way, if you are a, a, a UPS kind of a guy and you're lifting boxing all day long, uh, and you're doing that in the wrong way, you're going to get hurt. We are we are in the in the in the spot where we can tell you real time. Uh, do not lift the box in this way. Try to use your knees more than your back. That that kind of stuff. Yeah, and when you start going through the scenario, you see in how many areas sensory can really change people's life without asking them to change their workflow. Mm -hmm. um, now, just from the, the last couple of things that you mentioned, it, it sounds like sensory could really be used in like 
<clears throat> medical and uh, physical therapy, um, you know, that, that world, have you been approached by anyone there or have you approached any companies like that to, to try to get Sensoria, um, I don't know, more money for, you know, better stuff or to, to, to get it out there further? Well, I must say that you guys have done your homework. Uh, we try. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good as to you. That, that's good. That's good. Uh, yes, we, we have been approached by a big pharmaceutical company. Okay. In the diabetes scenarios. Uh, and we are currently talking with these people. I cannot go too much into the details. But sure, the, sure. The, the, the answer is uh, there is an opportunity to really improve uh, people's life from the medical point of view, not just the wellness in general, but the, mm-hmm. the health care. Uh, where to give you a couple of examples, uh, people that they fall, uh, elderly people, they are normally are given uh, something that are uh, accelerometer based, which means if they are swing, if they are talking to uh, to a friend uh, on a chair and they're uh, swinging their foot, uh, you know they, they get a bunch of acceler- thick force pulses they're called, uh, and sometimes the, an ambulance is uh, kicked off for nothing because maybe the person just hit a chair or. Uh, uh, was swinging the foot while I was talking to somebody because they, they get these false alarms. Uh, in our particular case, you either are stepping or you're not. And we know because we are just beneath the foot. It's not like an accessory on top of your body that measure, measure acceleration. And the other thing is that for uh, people that have diabetes and they develop ulcers at, at the bottom of the foot, they're called the DFU, diabetic foot ulcers. Uh, basically, they are told, do not step on your foot for longer than this particular time, otherwise the ulcer will get worse and then we have to amputate. Uh, well, the problem is that most of these people, they have something called neuropathy, which means if my foot is in pain, I do not, I'm not aware, my brain is not aware of that. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. neurons stop functioning, it's, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That's correct. And so with Sensoria, we are uh, able to uh, use multiple channels to communicate to the person. If you are blind, we use a, an acoustic signal. If you are uh, deaf, we use a visual signal. Uh, we use vibration. There are many, many things. At the same time, as you actually perform all the action that you normally do, either you are an elderly person that eventually you are about to fall, we detect the fall, we call that fall detection. Uh, and if you are a person that has diabetes, we can actually inform your doctor every time you step and you are not aware, so they can prescribe you a better solution uh, like a kombucha or walker, something that works better for you. One particular uh, scenario that happened to us a few weeks back was uh, this person that was told by the doctor, uh, you are stepping too, for too long on, on the foot. You are going to, uh, to cause real damage to your foot if you keep going in this way. And the person, is, I believe he's 72, uh, he, he was kept saying, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So we give him the sensoria for a couple of weeks and we find out that every day he had to move from one place to the other using a particular bus. And that spot where he was standing, they, they had no, uh, no seats. There was no bench, nothing. And so the man was standing there all, all the time. And because of the neuropathy thing, he was not able to, uh, to even connect that particular dot. Uh, so at the end, the doctor, through sensoria, find out that uh, uh, that was the case and they prescribed for him a walker. So every time he has to take that particular bus where there is, there is nothing where he can stand by, he uses the walker and he lifts the foot from, from the ground. Uh, so example like this, uh, they, they can give you a glimpse of what sensory could do even in the, in the medical space. Awesome. 
Um, now, kind of going back to the the video game side, uh, one thing that kind of just that stands out to me um, as possibly a limitation of Sensoria is the fact that uh, all the you know examples that you've given so far are things that you have to wear, uh, and especially in like multiplayer video games, that that could be kind of a hassle if you know I'm wearing the sock and I'm I'm doing the the dance, and then I have to sit down and take the sock off and hand it to somebody else. Uh, and plus, that'd be kind of gross passing a sock. <laughs> um, uh, you know, obviously, you said that you know you can apply it to shirts and other types of clothing. Do you foresee maybe making other types of sensoria peripherals? Maybe kind of like the say the dance central or uh, dance central doesn't have a mat, but whatever uh, dance dance revolution. You know, it has a mat. Do you see maybe making a, a sensoria cloth that you just kind of lay down? And it could provide the the same level of um, accuracy in transmitting that data. Yes, you you are you are totally correct. And uh, uh, about about the the potential limitation from that point of view, uh, the the short answer to the math is yes. We have one now currently using here in the hallway where people are stepping on all day long. And we use that for testing. Okay. Uh, and, and so the answer is yes, we, we can totally do it. However, we believe that uh, if you if you wear a sensoria as a regular uh, step counter, as an example, as a replacement to Fitbit, to give you a more an analogy that's more close, um, you will be wearing your socks as normally you would do in the house. And at that point, if your friend has the same thing, you both have a device on. Sure, it, sure. If yeah. you step out of the house, serves as a step counter. If you are in the house, it serves as a, a, an integration with your gaming experience. The beauty is that no matter in which context you are, you do not have to instruct the device to tell, now do this. Mm-hmm. It will be the system on the other side that uh, it will be scanning for a sensoria and say, oh, there's a sensoria there, let me use it. And the game eventually will, will be adjusting too. Uh, okay. Obviously, you need to have the support from the games from for, for, for enable this kind of vision, but that's that's the idea basically. And I believe that it gets very powerful uh, when it's a fully integrated. So maybe the sock at this time is a little loose in terms of, of connectivity with the gaming experience. But as soon as you start plugging in uh, T-shirts and, to, for example, I don't know if you have played uh, boxing games. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Every each, each one of these, they force you in the unnatural step of uh, gripping too hard the controller in the case of the Wii, uh, uh, Wii uh, because uh, it's not natural to, to punch something with something in your hand. You would never sure. do that in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of a shirt, you would be able to really mimic yourself like a Tyson. Uh, in my, my younger age, uh, I, I was a, a kickboxer. Mm-hmm. I professionally done kickboxing when I was back in Italy. So I, I experimented a lot of those uh, scenarios you know, on a punching bag that I have in the, into the garage. Uh, and I, I do feel that when you when the garment is on you, you don't have to think about I have the controller, I have to remove, I have to push this particular button. You just behave as normally you would do. So it's the, the closer around the, it's basically another view of the virtual reality, essentially. Uh, because you plug yourself in into the game using the garment. Now, if I'm right or wrong, I guess the consumer will uh, will have to decide. In the way I have seen it so far, uh, with friends and at home, we have a bunch of these prototypes that I build on a regular basis. Uh, I can tell that at first there is this level of skepticism, oh, how am I going to use this? Mm-hmm. And my first question, first answer is that 
just do what normally do and they ask what do you mean <laughs> yeah like if you are playing fifa for example uh just kick the ball as normally would do uh and and the soccer will just adjust to it uh, and you you i can tell on their faces the first time that they're kind of timid kind of uh, uh, intimidated by the by the gesture per se as soon as they see the reaction on the screen they start really to feel very very involved uh, the same thing that i have seen uh, when uh, we feet came along Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah, for example, even just be bowling for that matter. Yeah, that's, that's right. That, that's correct. Imagine the um, uh, the bouncing ball on the on on the foot for soccer, for example, or uh, golf. Golf would be another good example. Imagine that now you can swing the the club in the way you want it, the virtual club. You don't have to have anything in, in your hands, but now you can actually move your body as normally you would do in golfing. And in golfing. Is not the hands that really that does the job. That is a there's been an artifact that has been created by the gaming industry to give mm-hmm. you something in your hands. Mm-hmm. But in reality, what really pushes the ball in the right direction is actually the way you shift your weight. Uh, there are there is a bunch of electric literature on the subject it's called weight shifter, um, and essentially the way you move your body is the way that you indicate where the ball is supposed to go. And incidentally, when you want to do this, you have to be standing. Uh, so yes, the answer, uh, the short answer is that yes, it, it is not the kind of a controller that you pass on. Mm-hmm. Uh, first because it would be gross. Second because it would take very. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be, take very. The, the gaming experience would just get very very long. Takes <laughs> 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 off, take on, all that kind of stuff, and no matter why you even get some kind of fungus, so you don't want to get that. Yeah, no, yeah, very very uh, true. Uh, and so the, the the general concept is that we expect people. Uh, to have it and to become very viral. At that point, you either run, walk, stand, or play a game. For you, it will be the same thing. It will be just an additional, uh, will be an integration with the, your world. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that point in the beginning of you saying that you don't, you want people not to have to think about it. That's correct. That's correct. That, that, that's my, I am very picky in, term, in terms of uh, design. Uh, I, I am a, a very geek guy. When I have to build stuff, I do things that are not common, uh, and I do all sorts of possible things from code to electronics to chemical. Uh, but when it comes to be a consumer, I really, really, really do not want to do something extra uh, because the technology is asking me so. I want the technology to work for me. I don't want the other way around. Uh, and so with that mindset, I'm trying to shape uh, our story in such a way that people would normally do whatever normally they do, but they take the benefit out of the technology. Awesome. Now, now sticking around that kind of that, that kind of vein of thought of not having to do anything extra, um, there there's a real kind of thought around, especially like what they call the hardcore community regarding motion gaming and how they don't think it lives up to 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 the the aspects of what like a real game is, just because it's never been implemented very well past simple things like Wii Bowling or, or anything like that. When you get into real um, complex motions or, or real complex just uh, just thoughts and, and needing to do different things, like the, the first thing that comes to mind is like the Steel Battalion game. That when, when it got to that level of complexity, the motion controls just fall apart. Yeah. Um, do you think that Sensoria has something to offer that crowd as well? The, the, the crowd that doesn't really want to move for their games? Uh, yes, I, I do believe so, and I can give you an example to better describe why I believe so. Um, I believe you are familiar with the Nike Fuel Band, right? Yes. 
So the Nike Fuel Band technology behind it, the concept is really nice, so I don't want to bash the guys. I think they have achieved something quite remarkable. Uh, it's based on uh, accelerometers, which means every time you move uh, your hand, you wave your hand, uh, you get fuel points because the acceleration says so. And from there, they calculate the calories and stuff like that. Now, the first point I have to argue is that because every time it moves their hands a lot, <laughs> that's probably not the best way to measure your body. <laughs> Truth. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I say so because I have some expertise about that. Uh, oh, absolutely. I come from an Italian household too, so it, talking is all hand motion. That, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that gives me a lot of fuel points more than anybody else. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, if you are a smoker, for example, uh, and you lift your hand up and down, you are actually gaining fuel points, but it's not really <laughs> an healthy thing. You're not actually doing anything healthy. Or if you are eating, for example, and you lift the fork from the plate to the, to the mouth, you know, it's not really that you're losing calories, you're actually gaining some. Uh, so those, those kind of stuff is because the, that kind of technology, the acceleration in general, was meant to measure something moving into space. But what when it comes to fitness, working out, or gaming in general, physical, physical interaction with Kim, uh, in those cases, you, you need a much more accurate uh, information of what's going on. And it's not into the space, or just into the space. So with sensory, because we really can measure uh, pressure, whatever that means, uh, to the bottom of your feet or, or on, the, uh, on your chest, uh, on your arms, depends what, what, what are you wearing in terms of instrument and the garment. Uh, we, can, uh, we can provide to the game developers an additional and very precise piece of information which they can decide to use or not based on their scenario. For example, if my camera is telling me the body right now is at the center of the screen and he has uh, the arms all opened up, uh, and then I ask Sensorium, a, is the foot on the ground? And sensory tells me, yes, only the calcaneus, the heel bone, is, is, on, is on the ground. Okay, then in that case, I would tell the user, stand straight still on, on the, in front of the camera. A normal camera would not detect that, would not be able to have that piece of information because there will be uh, noise in the light, there will be a different problem with the visual detection. No, uh, computer vision is getting uh, very far ahead, but it's still a very, very hard problem to solve. So you need additional and more precise uh, information from sensors that are uh, very close to the human body. And accelerometers, as I was mentioning earlier, they, they just don't cut it, versus uh, sensor pressure uh, are much more precise. So my point is that uh, sensoria could serve as an additional uh, piece of information which would allow game developers to build a much more refined gaming experience. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I see where you're going with that. And anyway, at the end, uh, uh, the gaming stuff in general is a very creative, uh, um, uh, creative experience. So very often you manage to create an illusion uh, to, the, to the gamer that is not really um, something from the technology, but it's just you have been smart enough, creative enough. To produce that sense of illusion that just gives that good feeling to, to, the, to the user. And you might don't need a sock, you don't need anything smart, you just come up with something very, very smart. Uh, however, when I see sensory gaming playing a huge role in terms of building better games, is actually at the, at the time of the development of the game. 
when I was uh, in Xbox, I was uh, fortunate enough to, to witness while uh, they were uh, EA was building a, a basketball game. Uh, they had actually professional uh, players uh, wearing a bunch of uh, suits uh, with a ton of cameras. They were like in the range of three, four million dollars each. Uh, and they were detecting all the skeleton motion of these people. And with all these telemetrics, they were able to build a very realistic game. That, so when you play, you really have that feeling that the game is really happening. Uh, now, that was done at the time onto the uh, into the set, right? But you don't have uh, expensive cameras like that in every living room. Mm -hmm. And so all that benefit is, is pretty much gone. Mm -hmm. With Sensoria, you uh, enable the game developers to have that kind of data for the tall guy, for the for the skinny guy, for the fat guy, for everyone. And you do that in the lab in a very accurate, controlled way. And when you go into the living room, you still have the same exact device where you can refine your data and tailor the experience just on that particular person in front of the camera. That, so do, you think, you, do you think it could be used more uh, also along the lines of like, uh, like focus testing and things like that and getting and getting precise data from the, the consumer as they play the game? Totally, yes. Uh, and today they are called mock-up. They are uh, a camera that they, they go all around your body. Mm -hmm. you, you usually wear a bunch of rounded uh, balls. The, the balls. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you, you wear those, and then anyway, with that, they try to build your skeleton. Uh, but again, that, very often, and I have seen this quite, for quite some time, they work beautifully on that person for that day. Then you go home, and you get, uh, I'm, I'm bald. Uh, but you get you get uh, but I don't have a hair, uh, so you get you get me in the camera and it's just fine because there is no hair. It's very aerodynamic. Everything works just fine. Then you get my brother. He has hair like Bob Marley. It's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> he has that big bush on the, on the head, and things change all, all together because the camera goes crazy because it was originally trained on a different uh, body body structure. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, software developers they struggle to make uh, the best out of all the samples that they have, but when they go in the living room, it's the real the real test on the ground, and they don't have anything at that point. At that point, the code has been already written. They have nothing that they can react to. Instead, with uh, something that is what we call instrumented, you get that piece of information that gives you information in the same way they, they were in the lab, but now it's real time and you can adjust it based on what you hear from that person. Do you think it's something that could be programmed, kind of, that you could set up to almost be programmed on the fly? Like say you were playing a, um, like a, a survival horror game um, that with the sensory feedback coming back into the game from the, the sensoria, um, you know that the 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 AI would know to either ratchet back or oh he's not scared enough let's put a little bit more pressure on him. I think you made the perfect example. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, as as you, at, there's a, you know uh, when I first started hearing about it I was like okay they're magic socks all right I'm <laughs> I'm kind of seeing where they're going but the more you explain it the more I definitely see a lot of possibility for stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and the, the the funny part is that we have been uh, we are a, a small startup, so we try we have this uh, this analogy that you no know, uh, the ocean is pretty big, we cannot boil altogether, so we we'll probably start with a bucket at a time. Mm -hmm. that, that's uh, our uh, Italian wisdom translated in English, uh, and and so we we are trying to be very very focused on the first product, which is sensory fitness. That's what is going on right now on Indiegogo. 
Uh, however, uh, uh, there are so many uh, plays that we can do with this technology that uh, the gaming kind of uh, slipped between our fingers. It was just something that people were kept to say, hey, how about this, how about that? So I, I, I focused on it, I started uh, developing a little bit around that. And in a matter of a few weeks, I've been able to uh, to understand the full spectrum of, of what this can uh, can be. And what we are really doing, we are uh, democratizing uh, very expensive equipment uh, that today is just in the game studios and bringing that in the living room. Yeah, that's probably in a nutshell uh, exactly what sensory gaming is all about. Because at that point you enable the developer to, to define and build a better game during the development phase and when it's playing in the living room you get much more accurate data which you can really submerge the, the person into the gaming experience based on fresh live data that you refine on top of what you have built into the house. For on the consumer side, how compared to dumb socks, um, <laughs> how much would I be would I be investing to, to to get involved to get a pair to at least start with one pair of like a you know the Sensoria socks? So for for the. Uh, no matter what you actually use the socks for, uh, I believe we're not making any particular change in, into the price unless we add the more sensors, which is the actual really expensive part. Uh, today we sell, if I recall correctly, $59 uh, three pair of socks. Okay. And and that's it's pretty much uh, it's a very aggressive price because today you can find compression socks in the range of 60 bucks, mm -hmm. and not three pairs, but just one pair. Uh, so the, the the price range is, is very aggressive, at least for the Indiegogo campaign for uh, for the time being. Uh, and you could use the socks in any possible scenario. We have many research centers which they bought uh, $8,000 worth of product on, on Indiegogo just to use this stuff for study in, in the university. I cannot mention the names, but they are in, in the country. Sure. And, uh, and so we have not made one change to the actual socks that we are currently producing uh, from the one that we do for fitness to the one that we will want to use for other purposes. So the, the sock per se would be just that one. Uh, the additional cost is the, the, the anklet, the bracelet that you attached on, uh, on the cuff. Mm -hmm. And today is sold for uh, $119, if I recall correctly. The, the retail price at some point after the Google campaign will go in the range of $150, $200. That will be the suggested retail price. Um, and so it's pretty much in line with any other uh, um, uh, high-end uh, measuring tool like Nike Fuel Bands, uh, Jar Bones, or that kind of stuff. Okay. The, 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 the idea behind is that we don't want to get rich right away. <laughs> uh, so we want to make this be very viral, very affordable, uh, and as soon as more people will be able to afford it, we can even drop furthermore the, the price. Mm -hmm. Only the one thing that would be not we are not willing to sacrifice in favor of a better price point is style. You know, we are all three Italians. We are kind of crazy about uh, good looking <laughs> things. <laughs> and, and so that 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 is, for example, the socks uh, we could have done those in China and saved over sixty percent. Mm -hmm. We we refuse to adopt a model, and we are actually making the socks in Italy. And uh, because they are completely manufactured uh, uh, in Italy, we'll be able to uh, achieve the, tr the, the the brand made in Italy, which is there is an enforcement from the from the country in requiring that over the 70% of the manufacturing is done uh, there in order to have the label made in Italy. 
Uh, and so we are we have been uh, really dealing with dimes to make sure that we could actually do that. And it's not because of the country, it's because you know Italy is well known as uh, in terms of stylish and food, and people they strike. Uh, so we 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 thought that we in designing the ankle, the electronics, in designing the the, the smartphone application, in designing the socks, the design has to come first. And has Apple as to, to, to most of us today, uh, design costs. <laughs> you cannot do nice things with very little money. Uh, so so how soon until we're getting sensoria information from models in Milan? <laughs> 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 well, we have been approached by the Milan Lab, which is the, the soccer team in uh, in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are considering uh, to use Sensoria for uh, for training of the athletes. Wow, awesome! Uh, so, so we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And I mean, from from everything that you've been talking about, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously you guys aren't aren't a huge company, and you know, you're you're not there yet. The the product is not out there but it feels like you're creating something that could potentially just revolutionize a lot of different areas make you know motion capturing far cheaper make training far more effective for different types of athletes making you know different medical technologies like you know the patches that you have to stick on your chest to to measure heart rate just gone like how does that feel to be on something that could be that big it feels like a wet sock of cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the title of, of this episode, by the way. Uh, but but seriously, I mean, like how? Because I mean, my mind is just kind of being blown just sitting here listening to you talk about this. Uh, how does it feel to be on the the creative side? That just seems mind-boggling and scary. Well, uh, uh, thank you. It is actually it's a, I, I appreciate this conversation because you guys are, are forcing me to make a, a jump in the past, even if it's just three years ago. So much have happened. I, I lost the number of uh, hours. I lost track of the number of hours of sleep that I lost <laughs> for working on this thing. Uh, with anybody else on the team, we really do work a lot, a lot of hours. Um, and so, the, how does it feel? It feels uh, amazingly great. The part that I enjoy the most still today. Uh, and by the way, when I when I say that we is not delivered yet, uh, for being so, so small, we have been. Uh, uh, absolutely smart in the way we organize things in terms of timing. Mm-hmm. As today, right now, I have in front of me the first set of anklet. The first one that we built, you probably have seen in the news in the past, it's kind of big, kind of bulky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was 3D printed and the electronics were completely built by me here in the, in the, in the lab. Uh, the next round that we just got is from Flextronics. It's a $20 billion company. So they are the same people that actually built Xbox One. Okay. By accident. And <laughs> totally by accident. Uh, totally, wink, totally. wink. No. <laughs> I just know half of the people in the industry. So, <laughs> and so the uh, they they just delivered the fir- the first batch, and we shrinked ninety percent the size. It, it looks very very stylish. Uh, the magnets snaps on as expected to. So uh, we are way beyond the the full prototype stage. We are currently building it. Uh, the software is, is coming along uh, as well. The the socks we already have uh, probably 200 socks already made so far. We are continuing trying to refine the the bomb because we will drop the price to the point that it really is really affordable all the time. So every time I I demo this thing to somebody, either the media comes along here or somebody comes to the office and they want to learn more investors or that kind of stuff. 
the expression on their faces soon they see what the socks really does uh it's 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 priceless i mean uh, when when you say jar drop is a little in this case uh, i have seen the the eyes getting bigger and the mouth dropping down and, and people they just cannot uh cope with the idea how do you do that mm-hmm. that that feeling is exactly what i was looking for for uh, for my for my career you know that the, the round is not done yet in the in the boxing uh, lingo they say until you don't hear the bell it's not done and mm-hmm. you keep you keep hammering. Uh, here is the, the same thing. Uh, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was uh, he died uh, around 44, so about four two years after me. Uh, and he, he showed me so much in terms of how to build a company, how to drive a business, how to think smart, that kind of stuff. Uh, I I pretty much led my life uh, following his steps in the way he did it. I have two younger kids, and I really want to do something uh, uh, remarkable, so they can see some legacy and follow my and follow my steps. Hopefully, not in the IT business, but something different. Uh, and the, the probably the best example that I can picture to you how it does it feel is that I have an eight years old, and I've been signing NDAs and making sure that everything was uh, super protected. Uh, I have 15 patents on this thing with the company. Uh, so we've been really, really aggressive in protecting this finger on everything. Even the, the bouts and nuts that we use, or even those are custom designed and, and protected by a patent. Uh, and while I was doing all this, my eight-year-old was picturing and describing to her uh, uh, schoolmates what dad was building at home. <laughs> Giving away the secrets. That's <laughs> right. And how I turned to find out that I go to school to pick her up. She was in the park with a bunch of other friends, and I see her moving the foot. And from uh, from the parking lot, I was seeing her agitating the foot in the air and moving her hands like an Italian. She she was born here in the U.S. Uh, and I couldn't picture what she was talking about. So as I, I reached by, I, I I hear her saying Kitsoria, Kitsoria. You guys have to buy Kitsoria. Kitsoria? What's Kitsoria? It's Kitsoria for kids. Kitsoria. Uh, anyway, when uh, when you when you genius. see something like that, you 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 start you really feel uh, very very good with yourself because you you realize that you with the team you build an amazing technology uh, that is delivering uh, upon promises. The number of people that are currently doing this stuff is quite big, and that you have your own children uh, evangelizing for yourself despite of the lack of NDA. Uh, and so it feels it feels pretty good. And I must say that the. Among everything else, if I have a merit, is the uh, being able to really put together a team that that is a CSA team. Uh, David, the CEO, is an amazing guy. I mean, it's, it's, it's like he never stops. Sometimes I have to shoot him down to make to, to tell him go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a machine. Uh, Maurice, the other guy, is a, is a very bright man and a, an, a, an unbelievable partner. He writes software for everything that we do here. Uh, I am the, the crazy mind that comes along with everything crazy every morning, and uh, I instrument everything. The last thing I instrumented is a is a, a pens, a couple of pens where I I count how many times I sit on the on the chair. We call that butt counter. <laughs> uh, you know that I, makes sense. <laughs> yes, everybody everybody tries to count steps. I try to bite my ass. <laughs> And and then we have Victoria, which is uh, probably the quietest of of the of the key four. Uh, but again, amazing the, the number of uh, of things that she does. She swings from one subject to the other without a flinch. Uh, and so the, the rest of the team as well, they they all do amazing things. 
in order to build an amazing product, you really need amazing people. And I believe uh, uh, that the team that I assembled together is really delivering on the promises. I try to stay away from the spotlight as much as I can, and it's all your fault if today I'm blotting out everything. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like you have indeed uh, earned your time to shine. Um, now, I um, I feel like we've, we've talked about a lot of really great things, and we like to end this podcast with a, uh, a little questionnaire that Brian and I have worked on and we tweak. Uh, this one, he's actually written all brand new questions just for you, so I'm going to let him take it away with that mm -hmm. uh yeah if you've ever seen um, um inside the actor studio with james lipton i kind of modeled the idea after that um but seeing is that your background is more in being a super genius than actually <laughs> gaming um i kind of had to remodel these so uh here we go question number one um if you could apply sensoria to any game from your childhood what would it be that would be donkey kong the original, jump in the barrel. The original, the one where you jump over the barrel and eventually kick the nuts out of the gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Um, when was the last time you woke up your wife with a fantastic idea and she told you to go back to bed? <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife does something that I really hate. Uh, I used to do that, and she told me, go back to bed, just as, as you said. <laughs> so I stopped doing that, and now I, I go in an immersed silence, and I start thinking. And while she's asleep with the lights off, she says, would you stop? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. I don't know how she does that, but she does that all the time. <laughs> she's always does it too. She says she can hear me thinking, because I think yeah, very that's loud. Right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> um, what do you think the hardest... Now, I... I Based off of uh, like kind of all the stuff that we've been talking about, um, obviously you started with the feet because that's where you saw the immediate need. Um, it, it seems to me like there's there's not not only need but a um, but you can do stuff with sensoria all over the body. What do you think the hardest body part to apply it to will be? That's an, an excellent question, and uh, unfortunately, I know the answer because unfortunately, I am trying to solve it, and it's really, really hard. And and is the 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 breast for women? Okay. The the reason when I was talking about this three years ago, my partners they were making fun of me <laughs> and calling me maniac. Uh, but the 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 reason is because uh, the the bras are really hard to design. There is a lot of science in the in designing bra that women really are willing to wear. Uh, and when you go in sports, uh, the bigger the breast, the harder are the problems in designing those bras, and as well for the wearers. Uh, so I, I believe that is really a, a big challenge to do. Anything else, as long as there is a, a adherence to the body, uh, Sensori can do really, really well. And in the, in the years to come, particularly in 2014, you will see a lot of new garments coming from Ypsilon, uh, beyond, beyond, beyond the sock, and they all go uh, around the body, but the part that probably I will be doing for the last would be the bra. Okay. Okay. Um, Pacific Rim just came out. Giant robots versus uh, you know huge uh, kaiju monsters. Um, in your mind's eye, how long until we can control a giant robot with a sensoria bodysuit? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if I should answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that under an NDA? <laughs> he's, he's, he's already got contracts with North Korea. We we can't talk about this. Well, I, I, I will answer uh, only with a little bit of innuendo because unfortunately, I can, the, the the question is definitely spot on. Uh, so there is a, a a company that works with uh, the NASA. Mm-hmm. And they do robotic stuff for different reasons, like simulation and the hair for anti-gravity, that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing at the very beginning, when I started exp- experimenting, what can I do with gaming? Because I saw the, in, in my vision as inventor, I saw the, the link to the Kinect, like in, in, no, in no time. I was looking for, for something, how do I show this to people in an easy way? I like robots. I've been building robots for a very long time, and I have one particular robot which has legs and it moves all the arts, all the limbs, as a normal person would do. So one of the things that I have done that I connect two socks, not just one, but two socks at both legs of the of the robot. So as I walk, the robot walks. If I stop, the robot stops. If I lift my foot from the ground, the fo- the robot lifts the, the same foot on the ground. Uh, and I do this today with a um, with a toy, basically. It's an expensive toy, but that's that's what I do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so to answer uh, your question, Brian, it's already here. Now that is a toy. Mad scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's how my colleagues define me. Actually, <laughs> it started from Xbox One. Zachary Gat, that is the man that called me mad scientist, and since then I've been not able to take this label off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me tell you, all these ideas, you're not doing yourself any favors. Fair <laughs> <laughs> point, fair point. <laughs> um, so the answer is that basically uh, it is really in, in the reach, it's not difficult, uh, primarily because in the ankle, the electronic is next by the, by the sock. We have an altimeter, uh, an accelerometer, and then we have the pressure sensor. So there is a lot that you can do in understanding where is your foot into the space and where is your foot on the ground. So what you're telling me is the hardest part is not the Sensoria bodysuit, it's the giant robot. That's, that's correct. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> um, obviously, you've got your your profession set. If you could try anything else, what would you like to attempt? Oh, uh, Brian, I really like you. You really ask very good questions. <laughs> Uh, so there is one thing which, uh, when when I when I said uh, I, I was looking for an invention of my life, I thought that Sensorio was uh, still is the invention of my life. But I guess uh, because uh, Jobs, Steve Jobs, was uh, uh, my point of reference in terms of doing things right and uh, building the right companies, uh, I guess I too have uh, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, uh, how to solve uh, sleep disorders. And if I do anything else after Sensoria, uh, definitely sleep would be my next challenge. There is a, there is a lot that I learned. I, I've been sleeping like a rock for uh, 30, 37 years. Mm-hmm. I'm 42. So in the last few years, uh, I lost a ton of sleep, a bunch of different reasons. And and since then I sleep three hours a night uh, regularly, and it's not enough for my body and for what I do. Uh, so because of that, I start developing a, a ton of knowledge about what's happened with uh, people's mind, and I discovered that the, the the knowledge around sleeping in general is so tiny that at the end, what's happened that when you have a, a, an issue like this, you go to the doctor, 
the only and the, the first and only thing that they do is to give you drugs to numb your brain. But they do not solve the problem, and after a while they stop working, and then you are screwed. Uh, so uh, I decided that if I if I get alive out of this experience, because <laughs> this really sucks me a lot of time, if I get alive out of this, and one day if uh, Ipsom will have an exit and some big buyer will buy it, my next challenge after six months of straight sun and beach <laughs> will be definitely on on the sleep. Absolutely. You know, it's like that paper cut, man. You never, you never know how much you need until you can't get it anymore. Uh, totally, indeed. <laughs> it's an yeah. exact analogy. Yes. Yeah, I already found a, f- a couple of patents on the on the subject for the sleep because I already have found a few good answers to to the problem. But I didn't want to solve it in the same way I solved Sensoria. I would, I wouldn't make it work for everyone. So not a head sock. No. That's not a bad idea. No, it's not yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> final question. Um, I, I, as a gamer, I, I'd like to think that you know, taking taking religion and everything out of it, that at the end of life, you know, we end up at the Mushroom Kingdom, and uh, <laughs> instead of Saint Peter, Toad's holding the book of your life. And when you get to the gates, what would be the thing that you'd like him to say to you? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> You're actually sleeping, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be great. I have something. I probably should send, take a picture, send you guys. I have something called the sleep meter, mm-hmm. uh, and on the top says a sleep defcon. It's like the defcon for the war game, mm-hmm. uh, where there are five bars from one to five, and uh, at the bottom of this chart, uh, there are numbers that they match the the chart, and one five says regular people with normal sleep patterns. Uh, four, thank you, God, for two days in a row of a good sleep, which in this case I should thank you, St. Peter. Uh, three, awful sleep patterns, and the number one says, do not talk to Mario today. <laughs> so right off the bat, they know where you are in your... Uh, yeah, it's in right in front of my, 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 my desk. It's big on the wall. There is a pin that I move every day based on how much I slept. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you, can, you can tell, sometimes I see from the reflection on the screen because I, I am giving the shoulder to the, to the door. Every time they come in and they want to ask a question, I can tell that they eyeball the, the, the chart first, and sometimes <laughs> when the number is too low, they, no, no, nothing, it's okay, it's okay, I'll come back later. <laughs> uh, uh, automatically, is this a good idea, yes or no? Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, Mario, thank you so much for, for sitting down and talking to us about Sensoria. Um, if you could just let listeners know uh, where they can find out any more information, if there's any more information to find out. I feel like we talked about pretty much everything uh, that anyone would possibly want to know with this, and it was all absolutely fascinating. Um, but if you could let them know where they, th- they can go to find out more information and when they can get their hands or, I guess, feet on Sensoria. Uh, thank you, guys. This has been uh, an amazing chat for me as well. I was not expecting to talk about uh, the project so so much. I really enjoyed and the questions, they were totally right. Uh, it doesn't happen as often. Uh, from uh, healthcare to gaming, uh, you really have touched uh, all the key points. Uh, to learn more about uh, the company, uh, hypsilon.com is definitely your, uh, your target sources. If you want to contribute to Pre-order Sensoria, Indiegogo.com. Just search for Sensoria and you will find everything there, videos and a bunch of other stuff. If you have any other question and you want to uh, know directly from uh, from the source, you can uh, type info at hipstown.com 
they shoot an email there and somebody will uh, will answer okay awesome now actually uh, one quick note uh, once this is uh, live and available for people to download I believe your Indiegogo campaign will actually have ended will they still be able to pre-order Sensoria uh, yes good question we'll be extending uh, our request to many people we'll be extending for five days and until the end of September we'll be opening uh, for pre-orders on our own website as well okay uh, because we are about to be ready for manufacturing and before we push the button and say this number of production mm -hmm. we can we can wait so because we already set our schedule that in March 2014 we'll be delivering the uh, Sensoria, the application, the socks, and uh, the electronics. So because we we are slightly ahead of the schedule, which never happens, it's just <laughs> it's, it's a miracle. Uh, because we are slightly ahead of the schedule, we are extending our crowdfunding outside of Indiegogo uh, for a little while, and then we'll be locking down, and, and then we'll be shipping the product for March. All right. Awesome. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I uh, hope everything goes well, and hopefully we get to talk to you later about your sleep cap or the, you know, Sensoria <laughs> bodysuit and the mech that comes along with it. <laughs> I promise that if I make a sleep cap, I will send one to you guys. Oh, please. <laughs> please, man. I've got a two-year-old, and he's uh, that affects my sleep enough, but I've got one that's coming in October, so I expect <laughs> oh, to not sleep for the next three or four years. You definitely the one, man. You definitely the one. Thank you again, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mario. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.